Right before we get to this next interview, I have a great deal for you with our friends over at Power Slam TV. If you head over there and give the promo code Ringside Rants, you get your first 30 days free. Yes, I said free. So if you head over to Power Slam TV and use the promo code Ringside Rants, Right there, where you put that promo code, you get 30 days free. So a big thanks to our great sponsors over at Power Slam TV. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And welcome back to the Ringside Rant. I have the honor of sitting down with a man you you may find very familiar. He's been on ROH. He's been on NXT. He's been on WWE. He's been on Impact. He's been all over the country, all over the world. He is the blue-collar bulldog, John Schuyler. John, welcome to the Ringside Rant. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. I uh, am... Pleased to be here with you and your very flexible schedule, and me and my crazy schedule. I'm glad we were able to make this work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, like all things ringside, and I like to rant, so I feel like this is the perfect show for me. There you go. You know, I, I figure what better time than now. You know, everybody down in the south is all, uh, you know, got the hurricane there. I'm glad that you're safe and sound in the centralized South Carolina, I guess. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people, you know, seeing. Before we got on, we were uh, chatting a little bit about how how fortunate at least some some people are, but uh, you know take a I'll take a north uh, northeast snowstorm any day over a hurricane because you never know, you know you never know what to expect with the hurricane. Yeah, that's true. I just know that like with the hurricane, uh, you know here down south it's a little bit easier to kind of pack up and leave town as opposed to somewhere like New York or upstate New York. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the traffic, especially up there, is a little bit crazy. But uh, we're not here to talk about weather. We're not here to talk about traffic. I'm sure you got <laughs> questions, and I'm excited to be on, and I'm excited to answer any questions that you may have. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Big, like I said before, big fan of, uh, big fan of your work. Seeing it on NXT, WWE, a little bit on Impact, not so much ROH, but you know that's why there's YouTube and go back and watch it definitely. But um, you know, first and foremost, you know, I'm sure it's a question. You get sometimes, maybe not, but what you know? What was your earliest memory of wrestling? Um, 
you know, whether it be watching it or, you know, going to it? Yeah, so I grew up in a little uh, podunk town in South Carolina called Blythewood, which is right outside of uh, Columbia. And uh, I had one older brother growing up, and so naturally, like any other younger brother, I was into anything that my older brother was into just so I could associate with him and his friends and be cool. So uh, he went through his wrestling phase, and so I remember some of my earliest memories were watching wrestling with him and seeing guys like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Million Dollar Man, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage. The the list goes on and on from that era of wrestling, all, really the golden era of wrestling with all the flashy characters and, uh, you know, with the WWF and all that. Um but my brother, you know, quickly became interested in girls and other things, and he grew out of it, and I never really did. And uh, really the the thing that got me hooked on wrestling the most was the Bret Hart-Shawn Michaels-Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12 because I was a huge Bret fan, and I was a huge uh, – becoming a huge Shawn fan. But just kind of the training videos and everything leading up to the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12 – uh, I just thought that was so neat and so cool, and it put a different kind of spin on professional wrestling. It was kind of being looked at as a um, athletic competition um, uh, between these two guys that were going to wrestle for an hour and see who could get the most points and all that. There was something very intriguing about all that to me. Mm. So uh, that, and then also, obviously, this being more of a WCW territory down here in the Carolinas, WCW would come into town uh, usually like quarterly. Uh, for a house show or something like that before they launched Nitro and all that. So my first memory of going to a wrestling show was December the 30th, 1993. I was four or five years old, and uh, it was at the Township Auditorium, a building that I can now say that I've wrestled in for NXT uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. The first wrestler to come out of the curtain was Double A, Arn Anderson, and... Uh, the main event that night was Sting and Road Warrior Hot versus Vader and Rick Rude, and uh, I was hooked from then on out. Uh, anytime that I could convince my parents to get tickets or I could work and earn money to get tickets to a show, uh, you know, I, I, I tried not to ever, you know, miss a single live event or any kind of show that was in my area. And uh, like I said, I never really grew out of it. So if you don't grow out of it, I tell people now all the time, if you don't grow out of pro wrestling, you'll probably find uh, your way into the business. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, very similar for me, too. It's like you growing up, you know, especially growing up in the Northeast here, it's, you know, you know, as you know, it's a WWE, then WWF stronghold. And that's something that, you know, like you said, if you grew up watching it, you didn't really, there's a face for me anyways, but. It got me in the business because I do uh, backstage interviews for um, a promotion up here in Rochester, Upstate Professional Wrestling. Um, so, kind of, sort of in the business, not really as far as, as far as being a worker, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to hear a lot of the same you know the same memories. A lot of a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of the boys that I've talked to. They've always gone back to that uh, that golden era with Hogan and Savage and Warrior and uh, DiBiase, all those guys, and uh, especially that HBK and Bret match at WrestleMania 12. That was, you know, I think that's when we you know we saw that turn in the way that people you know perceive wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, not only that, but I also think being uh, that I was probably eight, nine years old when that Iron Man match happened, uh, you know, they, the thing that they kept coming back to was that it was Sean's boyhood dream to be the World Wrestling Federation champion, and it was his dream to headline WrestleMania. Uh, you know, and there was something that just connected, uh, I, I connected with there. It resonated with me, you know, thinking this guy's chased his boyhood dream. And now he's the WWF champion, so maybe I could do that one day. Mm -hmm. And that was where I decided, like, you know, I think I want to be a pro wrestler when I grow up. Yeah. So, so, so you were more of a Shawn Michaels guy than a Bret Hart guy, then I'm assuming. Then. Well, see, this is always uh, a can of worms that gets <laughs> opened up. Is uh, was I a Bret guy or a Shawn guy? Uh, me and a lot of my friends have had debates out the wazoo about this, but uh, yeah, I would have to consider myself a Shawn guy. Um, 
Although, you know, if I look back at history and especially now being in the business for 11 years, a lot of my matches that I go to that I consider influential were Brett matches. Um, you know, obviously my all-time favorite match uh, is uh, is Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. Uh, you know, I, that's a match that I can pick up if I'm doing cardio and just turn it on and watch it. Uh, never gets boring, never gets old. Uh, but Brett also had a way of, you know, bringing out the best of his opponents, even if his opponents were limited. Like you look at guys like Sid and Diesel and mm-hmm. uh, a couple others that, you know, Brett had these classic matches with it. You know, couldn't just have great matches with anybody. You know, Brett would be able to pull out the best in his opponents. But yeah, big Sean guy. Uh, all that, all that being said, I'm a huge Sean Michaels fan. I thought he was so cool, uh, and just uh, that that run that he had when he came back in 2002 to when he retired, I think is just some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen in terms of in-ring mechanics in the mat, like actual wrestling matches. Some of the best matches of his career. And then you know, if you look at the you know, the Gaga and the uh, angles and the storylines, some of the stuff that he did with Jericho and, the you know, the stuff that he did with Taker and uh, just so much good stuff that really brought out the character side of Sean, too. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you know, a lot for people that don't know, you know, I said in the intro, you've been in WWE, you worked in WWE, NXT. Were you in NXT right when uh, when Sean was there as a coach or an advisor? Uh, no. Uh, in fact, so let me clarify. I never actually had a contract. Uh, I was working on a per night deal, okay. per night basis. Uh, myself and my tag partner at the time, Corey Hollis, they used us just about uh, for just about every TV there for about ten months mm-hmm. um, in 2015, and that rolled over into 2016. And then they would use us uh, for the occasional live events and things like WrestleMania access and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and we would do tags and singles on some of the live events. But uh, unfortunately, no, I was not there when Sean was uh, a producer or a coach. Um, but I have gotten the chance to meet Sean. Uh, I met him backstage in Macon, Georgia at a live event one night. He was there kind of testing the waters with producing and kind of getting his feet wet uh i think he was already kind of coaching and stuff a little bit but uh maybe guest coaching and i got to meet him for the first time and i mean it was like i don't know i felt like a little fanboy it was kind of it was kind of embarrassing quite honestly Hmm. but uh no it was uh very cool and hopefully one day you know something happens to where i can work there full time and get the chance to kind of sit under the learning tree of i mean Shawn michaels he's greatest of all time mm-hmm. my books so yeah because i know you know a lot of like i said a lot of people that i've talked to some will say okay well that wwe's the ultimate goal nxt that ultimate goal some people say you know i want to work overseas or whatever the case may be but you know is that wwe that kind of that flag in the ground where you basically want to plant yourself eventually if given that chance Absolutely, because I always tell people, you know, I I love professional wrestling, first and foremost. Uh, I tell people when I had my very first match back in 2008 that I I lived my dream. I got to have a professional wrestling match. So deep down in my core, I'm a professional wrestler. I love professional wrestling. But knowing, like, the the five-year-old in in me and the six-year-old in me that always wanted to be a WWF superstar or now WWE superstar, that was always kind of like – my dream job and i feel like i would be doing myself a disservice if i didn't end up there somehow um on a full-time basis so it's great being a professional wrestler i've got a great deal lined up if i want to you know i just got back from europe this is part of the reason why we had such a hard time lining up this interview uh is you know i've done extensive tours over there in the uk and i've got a pretty good deal on the table if i ever wanted to go back uh and be a full-time wrestler i could do that over there um and make good money doing it uh but yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel for me is always going to be WWE, mm-hmm. simply for the fact that that's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. Uh, I wanted to be a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything short of that, uh, you know, I feel like again I would be doing myself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just you know, because with you know the promotion, like I said, I work with UPW. 
you know, a lot of the people, I ask random, some of the guys, I'm like, hey, well, you know, what's, just because I like knowing what their ultimate goal is. And, you know, yep. like I said, WWE, NXT is usually the most common one. You'll get a few sprinklings of ROH or, or um, excuse me, uh, New Japan now, but it's like, it's not as common as that, but... Um, like I said, you, you mentioned you're over, you just got back from overseas from the UK. You know, we're seeing a lot of that, you know, that style of wrestling, even that type of wrestling, the UK, whether it be UK or Japan, that type of wrestling style, that type of wrestling in general, more in the States now. You know, what are your thoughts on that impact that the you know that international wrestling has had on on, on wrestling here in the states i think it's good because uh you know it goes back to you know uh, there's a long standing debate now about social media and the influence that it has on professional wrestling but you look at things like youtube where everything is so accessible now at a touch of a button or at your fingertips you can find out about wrestling in china now or south africa like you can literally find anything at any time as to where when I was a kid, now I'm going to sound old, when I was a kid back in my day, uh, you know, you had to wait a whole week to catch Monday Night Raw, you know, or, you know, uh, Nitro or whatever the case may be. Um, you, had, you had to wait literally an entire week. And if you wanted to save something, you had to like tape trade mm-hmm. or you had to, if you wanted to find something from uh, from overseas, you had to like, uh, have, find a connection through a magazine or through you know whatever somebody that had a tape of it and so uh now everything has just become so accessible that like it's kind of cool i mean it's you can find out about you know wrestling in the uk or japan or china and uh, you know everything's just so easily accessible now mm-hmm. but uh i i like the fact that it's had its uh influence um over here you know, there's a lot of guys that I've worked with all the way down the line from the UK. A lot of them are on television now with NXT UK. Uh, and I've gotten the pleasure to travel with these guys, live with these guys, work with these guys. And I know, you know, how passionate they are about the business and about professional wrestling. So it's cool to see all these guys getting their shot as well. But uh, I also kind of like, you know, I would like it to remain special. I would like the UK guys to kind of do their UK thing and, you know, a lot of times now you see guys that try to carbon copy some of the stuff that they see some of these guys do, and it just looks – it's just that. It's like a guy trying to imitate something, and it doesn't seem as authentic or as as genuine as to where if – you know, if you see Pete Dunne cranking down on somebody's fingers, it looks right. Like that's what he's supposed to do. But if you see somebody on your local indie show trying to do the same thing, you're like, oh, well, he's doing that thing Pete Dunne does. So mm-hmm. – um, that's just kind of my two cents, but I think it's I think it's cool that now more than ever, uh, because at heart I'm still a wrestling fan too. So it's cool now that now more than ever you get exposed to just about everything just to the at your fingertips. Yeah. No. No. What promotions did you have the opportunity to work for when you were overseas there? Uh, so the first time I went over uh, to the UK was in 2013. Uh, for Brian Dixon, a world-famous promoter that ran All-Star Wrestling uh, in the UK. Um, uh, he's been running for over 40 years. I think he's, the, like him and Vince McMahon, are the two longest-running wrestling promoters in the world. Uh, but I went over for Brian Dixon in 2013 for 12 weeks, in 2014 for 10 weeks. And then this this recent tour was with uh, a, um, a promotion called NGW, who's gotten, they're getting a lot of buzz right now, uh, especially because they work so close with Alex Shane and Russell Talk TV. There's a lot of cool things going on over there in the UK uh, underneath that Russell Talk TV umbrella. And uh, they've got a lot of great guys over there like Rampage Brown, who's just, he should be a star. Uh, he's, uh, he, uh, he is a star, but yeah, he should be somebody that more people are talking about. Nathan Cruz, another guy. Um, so these were a couple of the guys I got the chance to work with uh, uh, and some guys that are up and coming over there too. And it's crazy because they're way ahead of the curve, some of these new guys. I mean, there's so many untapped stars right now that haven't gotten scooped up by that NXT UK yet. 
that you're going to hear about uh, in the next few years. Yeah, that is, you know, I hardly ever miss an episode of the um, NXT UK just because I just think, you know, it's that it's something that you you don't see every, every day. You know what I mean? It's something that's not comparable to anything here in the states. Uh, right. You know, and, and along the same lines, you can even put it not in the same category, but you can put it in the same limelight as like a New Japan because. You know, unfortunately for me, anyways, I didn't watch start watching New Japan until the last probably two three years, and I'm like, man, what I would have given to you know follow that when you know when they had that the original Bullet Club there, um, and you know we're starting to see you know unfortunately we see whether it be unfortunate or not, you see WWE scooping all these guys up. Do you, you know, do you think that's I guess you could say right moral whatever however way you want to look at it that they say okay we're picking you we're taking you that's it you know what i mean yeah um so i think with things like new japan and the bullet club obviously things like the bullet club made wrestling cool again um you know you can go anywhere in the world right now and you'll see somebody that's got a bullet club shirt of some form or fashion mm-hmm. or an elite shirt or a young bucks or hangman page or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so that made wrestling cool again. And of course, like any good business or any good, um, business man, uh, you know, you're going to want to have that cool factor attached to your brand too. So I've always kind of, um, compared WWE to being the McDonald's of pro wrestling. Uh, McDonald's doesn't try to sell you the best hamburgers. They try to sell you the most hamburgers. Mm-hmm. So WWE right now to WWE, and this isn't me talking bad about WWE because I just spent 20 minutes talking about how I want to work there one day. Yeah. But uh, to WWE, more is more. Um, you know, they, they want to hire as many people as they can. They want to branch out overseas and and do these international territories and have these international performance centers, but also like if you look at look down to like the TV time, Raw's three hours, uh, SmackDown's two hours, NXT's getting ready to start live on USA. They've got all this content that they have to fill. They've got the WWE Network with all these original specials where they're having to fill content on there, and it seems like with every month that passes by. Not only are there more pay-per-views, but they're longer pay-per-views as well. So you've now got pay-per-views that are going five and six hours, uh, you know, if it's like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. Um, so to them, like, more is more. And I think, again, sometimes they don't try to say the best hamburgers. They're just trying to say the most hamburgers. They're mm-hmm. trying to sell the most subscriptions. They're trying to sell the most, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but in order to do that, you know, they have to have some of the best talent in the world. And I, that's, it's the like, it's the talent is like the lifeline or the lifeblood or whatever it's called of our business. You have to have talent for anything to be successful. So, um, I think it's good and it creates more job opportunity for guys on the independence now more than ever, because when I first started again, back in 2008, if you went to WWE and you had the stigma of being an independent wrestler, it was kind of like a, Oh, like, it was like a dirty word. It was derogatory. Like, oh, that guy came from the Indies. What is he doing here? And now it's more of a, a term that's uh, praised and used with, you know, in an endearment uh, type fashion to it. Uh, it's a good stigma now to come from the independence and, and be successful in WWE. So the business is kind of changed in a way and it's i think it's good it's going to have a good trickle down effect especially now with aew on the horizon that's even more job opportunity for guys now because they're going to look to fill their roster out too so uh it's it's a perfect time to be a free agent in professional wrestling yeah now with that being said do you you know a lot of the times you see you see across social media and you know a lot of it you know if you see it on social media, it's got to be true half the time, of course. But um, oh, 100 <laughs> percent. You know, you see people just complaining and complaining and complaining about the current product, whatever promotion it may be. It's across the board. Do you think that that there is too much wrestling out there, or do you think that it's just the right amount? 
Uh, there are times I'll I'll be honest with you, as big of a wrestling fan as I am and claim to be, there's times then then that I say even say yes, the, the market is completely oversaturated right now. Um, you know because there is so much out there, it's impossible to watch all of it. You're not going to get the opportunity to watch everything. Um, but uh, I, I think it's still it, it's a good thing too because. Uh, you know, with streaming services and everything that you can acquire or subscribe to, I mean, the the option is also in the viewer's hands. If they don't want to watch something, they don't have to. Mm-hmm. If they want to DVR something and watch it later, they can. Uh, so it's again, it's like a pro-choice thing. Anybody that you can watch literally whatever you want. You can watch everything, or you can watch, you know, just AEW. Or if you want to, you can watch just New Japan. You can like. Um, I know I don't think too much wrestling will ever be a bad thing, um, but you know there are times when I've even said, "Oh, good God, there's four wrestling shows tonight. Which one am I going to watch?" You know, mm-hmm. or right. but also if you think of it like from a business standpoint in terms of ticket sales, like you know what are fans going to go to? Are we doing the wrestling business a disservice by having all these shows on one night? I mean, just alone, you know, this past year I was around for WrestleMania week, and I think. The same night that the Hall of Fame was going on, Ring of Honor ran Madison Square Garden with New Japan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there was WrestleMania Access going on and, like, you know, WrestleCon was going on at the same time. And so it's just like now we're having to, the fans have to make a choice, you know, and now that we're splitting our audiences mm-hmm. because we're all after the same people. But, you know, then it also doesn't really matter because all those places that I just listed off did great numbers for everything so who's to say yeah that seems to be the common occurrence at least the last couple of years where you see wrestlemania wherever it may be in the country is everybody and their mother decides to come out and run shows or con or uh, conventions or whatever and rightfully so because you know if you're thinking okay what's the busiest weekend of the year for wrestling it's wrestlemania regardless whether you say okay well maybe it's okay maybe it's you know um when new japan runs a tokyo dome or something maybe that but it's like okay well that's you know not a lot of people get to japan you know but it's one of those things that's comparable we know we had last week we had last saturday we had at least here on the east coast we had uh uh, nxt uk at about i believe it was like two here and then at Mm -hmm. night you had um uh, the uh, all out and it's just it keeps right. on going it's like okay well at least with that it's spaced out but you know like you said it's just so much to you know so much out there but mm-hmm. um but you know you've had your laundry list of accomplishments you know i'm not gonna go through them all you know you got the weaver cup winner last year you know you had the you're a finalist for or excuse me a top prospect in the ROH tournament, you had a ECWA Super 8. You had the Shane uh, Shane Shamrock Cup winner. You know, you had this laundry list accomplishments. What's been one of your favorite tournaments to be in to get these prizes? Oh, uh, well, I uh, was a big fan of obviously being in the Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament. I did go all the way to the finals and lost to Josh Woods. Uh, that doesn't keep my, keep me from calling myself the top prospect though, because I should have won. Um, but I, I love that one so much because it, I think if anything, it proved that I'm ready to wrestle on television. Uh, and I, this has been a controversial statement before that I've made and I don't really care, but if you look through that field of eight that were in the top prospect tournament that year, I was the best one. Mm -hmm. And there's no denying that I had the best promos, uh, I got the most out of my opponents, um, and I feel like I had the best matches too out of any other performer that was in the field of eight. And there were some great performers in the field of eight. Kurt Stallion, who is with Evolve right now, is killing it. He's awesome. Uh, I got to work with him in the Hammerstein Ballroom, so that was awesome. Uh, Sean Carr, another guy from the Pennsylvania area, very good. Um, Brian Malonis, who's there now, uh, something different, something unique. Uh, Josh Woods has done great for himself, but I think if you look up and down at the field of eight consistently, or, uh, I was the most consistent performer out of the, out of the eight. And, uh, 
So I, if anything, I think I proved more than proved myself with that tournament that I'm ready for wrestling or to, to be a wrestler on a national scale for somebody on television. Mm-hmm. Has it happened yet? Not, not in the terms that I, that I want it to happen, but that doesn't mean that it won't. So, um, I've still got a lot of gas in the tank. So, uh, but the show, like the Shane Shamrock cup, that was cool too. I got to wrestle two cold Scorpio, which was another like bucket list thing of like the kid in me is like, what, how did this happen? You know, like I'm sitting there staring at two cold Scorpio and I'm across the ring from them and, uh, stuff like that. The ECWA, uh, super eight tournaments that I did. Those were fun. I got to wrestle some great guys in those like, uh, Scotty too hotty. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just again, these things that the kid and me are like, what, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. So, um, but anytime you get to do any kind of like tournament, that's got some prestige behind it or some notoriety. It's always, it's always good for, you know, the performer as a brand to be mm-hmm. attached to some of these, uh, great tournaments that are out there. Yeah. You know, in, in, in my research, I saw, I don't remember how I got to it, but I saw it was, uh, your uh, your feud you had with your tag team partner there, Corey Hollis, uh, probably one of I'll just say it. It was a banger of a match. Your I Quit Cage match that won the CPWA uh, Feud of the Year in 2017. Yep. How? Wow. <laughs> you know I. I'm just trying to figure figure out words how to describe it with for people that haven't well, seen it. Well, it was it. a it was a I'll describe it for you. It was a two year long yeah. saga, um, which is not really done often anymore in professional wrestling. With the way things that move at such a rapid, uh, hot shot type pace, uh, you don't really get too many two year long episodic sagas like that because uh we started off as a tag team everybody knew that we were on nxt together uh everybody thought we were going to get signed uh we didn't and so right then and there uh now now it's the perfect time to split up because we didn't make it to the big dance and now there's gonna that's gonna cause a rift whose fault was it was it john schuyler's fault or was it Corey hollis's fault well Corey hollis is the villain is going to blame john schuyler for all of his failures Mm -hmm. and so almost in a bret hart owen hart type fashion which was one of my favorite angles as a kid uh i looked at Corey as like my little brother and i'm not gonna fight him i'm I'm, I'm gonna refuse to fight my little brother uh Corey does all these things to kind of goad me into having a fight with him where he cost me like uh i had a big opportunity to wrestle cody rhodes and Corey got involved in the finish on that and kind of ruined it for me uh, all these things that he could do to kind of uh, goad me into fighting him. And so for like six or seven months, this went on before we ever had a fight or we ever had a match. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. literally built the whole two-year-long program off of two matches. We had a street fight, and then we had the I Quit Cage match. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would cross paths like any other episodic TV show through we would be threaded throughout the shows and you know we would cross paths here and there um and there were so many layers to the story that we didn't have to go out and have two years worth of wrestling each other every month you know it was based around two matches the street fight and the i quit cage match and uh yeah it was just a lot of fun and it's it's hard to capture magic like that Mm -hmm. where you just give people a dose of the truth, and you kind of run with it from there. Mm-hmm. And with, it, with that being said, you know, is it? We said it's difficult. You said it's difficult to have a, a feud like that. Do you, you know, with the current landscape that we have, obviously with WWE, it's hard to do it there just because they have so many other moving parts to take care of. But you know, the likes of you know an Impact or an NXT or AEW or uh, New Japan. Do you see any of those promotions kind of trying to do it at least, trying to get those big storylines? Uh, yeah, I could see it happening. Sure, yeah. there's always a chance that it could happen. But I think what it takes, which a lot of promotions don't have anymore, is the patience and the commitment. Uh, because with it being such a TV-driven industry or streaming service 
driven industry where you're trying to get people to watch, tune in or subscribe, people don't have the patience to stick with something that long anymore. If it's not moving the needle, it's all right, what's next? And so we had a little bit more freedom because, you know, PWX is still very much an independent promotion that, you know, unless unless we're doing this in front of 20 people, we're going to stick with it. You know, if 20 people start showing up to the shows, 20 paying customers, then we have a problem. But this went on for two years and the houses continued to go up to where when we finally had our blow off the I Quit Cage match, we had 600, 700 people. Now, that might not wow people in terms of a number for an independent, but it's pretty damn good. Uh, you know, especially when it's just regular talent on the show, like your homegrown guys. Uh, so I was very proud of what we accomplished. And the, th- the funny thing about it, too, is there's it, you can always go back to it now. Is you know We've created such a base with that feud that who's to say that a year from now me and Corey Hollis can't get back together as a tag team? Or our paths cross again, this time with the roles reversed, you know, where I'm the villain and he's the, the, the hero in the story. You know, it's like Dusty and Flair and Dreamer and Raven and all these other feuds that happened where, you know, they, go, they, they would be married to each other for about a year or two. Then they'd, you know, get separated, go apart, do their own things. They'd always come gravitating back towards each other. So it's, it's real cool in that aspect that, you know, uh, the two-year-long program is done, but the, will the rivalry ever really be over? You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things you go back and you watch a lot of those old feuds, like you said, Flair and Dusty, and you know you go back and you see, you try to relive it again, but it's it's just so hard now to, like you said, it, it's hard to do it because there's so many other things that we have to, you know, if you're not, yeah, that sh- I call it the shiny red ball factor. You know, you see something yep. moving, you got to go to the other there or go there. It's like, it's on, you know, wrestling fans don't have patience today, I don't think. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, oh, trust me, we had our share of diehard fans that were like, oh, my God, we're sick of these two already. Well, it's like, shut up, people. You're going to come either way. You're going to buy a ticket. But we've only had two matches. We've yeah. wrestled each other twice. Like, relax. Just enjoy the show. Don't try to, you know, be the armchair quarterback and, mm. and book everything the way you see fits because I mean, there's plenty of pay-per-views that I've seen from WWE and TNA and ring of honor and whoever else, WCW, uh, where I sat back and said, Ooh, I would have done that different. I would have made that match a six man tag instead of a normal tag, or I would have had Hulk Hogan, wrestle Ric Flair at WrestleMania eight instead of justice, but really, okay, that's not what happened. I didn't make that call. So just buy a ticket or don't, (laughs) Enjoy yeah. it or, or 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 don't. You know, you have the option. Yeah. Now, what? I'm I'm trying to remember. What was one of your favorite feuds that you that you've seen? Not, not with with your work, but one of your favorite feuds of all time that you've you know you witnessed, whether it's watching or you read about. Oh, favorite feud. Um, that uh, that Brett Owen feud, I, I kind of mentioned it briefly that one was real big with me because again growing up at the time as a wrestling fan i had an older brother and you know i could kind of um sympathize with both sides of that story i could sympathize with the younger brother and owen trying to jump out of the shadow of his older brother brett but i could also see the older brother trying to you know like talk the sense or talk sense into his younger brother and you know really at the end of the day as a kid, I just wanted them to come back together and everything be okay. I wanted the Hart brothers to, you know, be a tag team again. But that was probably my favorite one as a kid. Um, in later years, the Sean Jericho feud from 08 was really, really intense and had a lot of multi-layers to it. Uh, and then if you, I mean, being a Southern guy, you know, I'm always going to talk about things like the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express that, I think they're still feuding. I think every convention I do, they're still a, they're still wrestling each other. Yeah. So, uh, uh, or Dusty and Flair, Magnum and Tully, you know, the Horsemen and anybody. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's countless ones out there, but I would probably go with Owen and Brett. Yeah. 
Now, you mentioned conventions. Do you tend to go to a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot, but you know that there's not that many, but do you tend to go to a lot of the conventions that are out there, like whether it be StarCast or WrestleCade? Uh, yeah, I'm usually always at WrestleCade doing something. Uh, last year I was very busy at WrestleCade. Uh, I'm usually at WrestleCon um, doing something. Uh, uh, what was the other one? StarCast. Yeah. I, did, I did go to the first StarCast last year. I haven't made it to one since. Um, just because my schedule's been busy, unfortunately. Like, I would have loved to have gone to the one last week, but I was overseas. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I try to... You know, if I'm booked, I'm there. So, uh, WrestleCade's always fun every year. It's right around Thanksgiving. Uh, and I typically enjoy a lot of the stuff I get to do there at WrestleCade. They put on a great convention every year. Yeah, it's something that, you know, what, whatever type of wrestling fan that you are, you can go to these things and, you know, you, you relive those things again. The guys that you see that you grew up watching or – you get to see guys that you watch today or, you know, or guys you're going to see going more in the future. And it's just, you know, it, it's one of those experiences. If you haven't been to one, it's definitely, I would definitely recommend it, you know. 100%. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of the times you see, we, we talked about with WCW was more of a Southern, Southern promotion. WWE was more of a North, Northeast promotion. Nowadays, you see, you don't see that very often, but you see a lot of the talent coming from certain parts of the country. The, what do you think, going from region to region, I'll give you three regions, is that main difference? If there is any, it may all be the same, I don't know. Um, we got Northeast, what, the difference between what you think with the wrestling, Northeast, the South, South Southern wrestling, and then the out west. Uh, well, if I'm least familiar with any of those territories, it would be out west. Mm-hmm. I still think out west, you still have a lot of influence from lucha libre, uh, especially if you're looking in the California, Arizona. Uh, if you're if you're looking out like you know in the southern, I guess southern western part of uh, the United States, there's still a heavy, I think. Uh, to a certain extent anyways a lucha libre influence there mm-hmm. um, in the Carolinas I think you see a lot of guys that base their careers and become successful off of knowing the fundamentals of wrestling the bare bones like uh, you know to, to give an example like uh, Cedric Alexander who came out of the Carolinas as flashy as he is every week on raw or 205 live and all the amazing athletic things that he can do i've still wrestled cedric in a bar in south carolina where we went 45 minutes and called most of it on the fly Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is because again he was rooted in the fundamentals of wrestling he trained with a guy named george south Uh, i don't know if you're familiar with george or not but um you know so there's a nice base of the fundamentals from the guys that come out of the southeast I believe anyways. Uh, and then the Northeast, um, I think North Northeast is usually ahead of the curve on what's going to become popular in terms of the style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So obviously you look back at the early days of ring of honor, uh, how that style was kind of a brand new hybrid type style that, not a lot of people were doing just yet except a lot of the guys that came out of that area Uh, and i'm not calling them like spot monkeys or whatever the derogatory term would be but in a way just that more athletically gifted style is something that you see done more so in the northeast it's a lot faster of a style not a lot of slowing down um you know uh a lot of wowing and uh, you'll see a lot of people that uh I, I can never pronounce them are they gifs or gifs i think we've discovered that they're called gifs Gifts. Uh, I, I think we all uh, yeah. we know what you mean <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of your gifs are going to come from that area of you know you know uh that northeast area of independence you know there's going to be somebody up there doing something insane on a weekly basis uh that you've never seen before so i always think northeast a little bit ahead of the curve um south more fundamentally based uh and then out west i'm really not familiar too much with 
the Western style of wrestling, but I still see every now and then, you know, when it comes across social media, it seems like there's still a bit of a Lucha Libre influence out there. Yeah. I tried to, you know, being up here in the Northeast, I try to get a little bit of everything, especially down South, because I I enjoy that old school, like you said, that old school type of wrestling down there, the basics. Uh, But it's just... I think it's in it. They take their time. They tell us, you guys take it to story. It's a lot. It's like bing, 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 bing. Um, but what have been some of your, uh, you know, your favorite moments, favorite matches? You know, we, we briefly touched on your uh, your match with uh, Corey Hollis. Whether that be one of your favorite moments, I'm sure it was. But um, what has been some of your other ta- favorite matches or moments that you've had? Um. Well, wrestling in the Township Auditorium in Columbia, South Carolina for NXT uh, was a big one. That was where, like, if my wrestling career were to end the next day, it would have been the perfect, like, end scene to get to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd in the building where I saw wrestling for the first time as a kid. Uh, You know, getting to wrestle in there and not be for, like, a, um, like a, can I, can I curse? Sure. Uh, not for a shitty ind- ind- independent company. It was for WWE. Mm-hmm. It was for NXT. So that was kind of like a dream come true to wrestle in my hometown. Uh, I wrestled uh, Riddick Moss, who's still down in NXT now. He's uh, I think they just put him with Robbie E. Mm-hmm. And Tino, or he was with Tino Sabatelli, and I think now he's with Robbie E. and somebody else. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was uh, an amazing night. It's one I'll never forget, and I'll always be indebted to wwe for that opportunity um some of my favorite matches uh who i had a really good one with johnny gargano at pwx uh it was really like a light bulb moment where you know i found out about the whole less is more thing because we're standing you know no real build up to the match it's a cold match um but people wanted to see it for some reason um I think there's just some sort of weird comparison that's been drawn between the two of us for some reason, and, and people wanted to see it. As soon as the bell rang, you know, we didn't touch each other, and the place started chanting, this is awesome. So we're going to sit on that moment, and we're going to enjoy that and bring the people in uh, that were there in attendance and you know, enjoy that moment with the people and make them feel like a part of this too. Mm. It was a real special moment and something that's kind of hard to capture on a regular basis. And then the match itself was great. Johnny Gargano is an amazing athlete, an amazing performer. Um, uh, the, just this year, I got to team with Jushin Thunder Liger on his, you know, on his farewell tour. Uh, his last time stopping to the Carolinas, uh, that was a bucket list thing. Again, like a holy crap, like what is, how did this happen? This is mm-hmm. insane. Um, very special there. Uh, any matches that I had with guys like Cedric Alexander or, you know, I used to team with Dash Wilder when he was still on the independence. Anytime we tagged together, uh, those, those moments were always fun. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, wrestling Cody Rhodes was fun wrestling, uh, the man scout, Jake Manning all the time. That that's always been fun. We had a classic rivalry ourselves, Ethan case, another guy that's a longtime rival of mine, you know, any, any of these guys that I've stepped in the ring with all these over all these years, it's always been fun. Mm -hmm. You know, for that, like I said, the laundry list of guys you just name, it's hard to pick out, you know, you know, favorites and all that good stuff. But, you know, the short list on people that you haven't worked with, you know, out there, and we can leave it open to anything, you know, whether you're, like you you doing you doing spots there with NXT or WWE, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who are a few of those guys out there that you say, okay, I want I want to work with him. Uh, Adam Cole. Um, I never got the chance to do anything with Adam Cole. That I think we would our styles are very similar and i think we would be able to create some magic together um just because he was always an influence on my career chris jericho Mm -hmm. and seeing that he's still kind of at 40 whatever he is he's still out and delivering main event caliber performances um those are the two off the top of my head that would be like my dream opponents um aj styles obviously i mean one of the best in the world uh 
man, I'm trying to think of uh, like Alex Shelley, just because he's just popped back up here over the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a big fan of Alex Shelley's. I would love the opportunity and Chris Saban. If, if Saban, you know, when he gets, you know, if he hopefully again, you know, he comes back, he's a hundred percent. But you know, I, big fan of Chris Saban. Um, oh man, there's a. Uh, a whole host of guys that I've never gotten the chance to work with that I would love to work with. I mean, just on the new Japan front alone too. I mean, you know, guys like Naito and, uh, you know, obviously like Okada and people along those lines. And then you have guys like, I think I've wrestled everybody in the UK, quite honestly. I don't think there's anybody that I haven't wrestled there. Um, yeah, man, Trent Beretta would love to work with him. Uh, there's a there's a handful of them out there that I still want to if I I just by watching them either on television or on local independents mm-hmm. I look at them and I go like wow yeah I could definitely do something good with that guy yeah. so yeah that actually came to us from uh, one of my listeners uh, Garris uh, Frankson so big thanks to him for submitting that question this afternoon cheers Garrison yeah. Definitely, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, I get, I got interaction now. All right, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you mentioned that UK scene again. I just that it, it, it's one of those things I could talk about you know, UK wrestling with anybody forever. It's just, it's hard to describe the UK scene for, to somebody that hasn't that hasn't watched it, um, and it's just. The only thing I can compare it to is when you two, you put two dogs and one bone in the ring and you try to go after it. It really is. Yeah. It, it, it's hard-nosed, strong-style wrestling. Not, not strong-style like Japanese wrestling, but, you know, that bruiserweight wrestling. Um, yeah. Did you um, you, ha- you happen to catch the the UK uh, show that last Saturday? Or, or, or you were overseas, no. weren't you? Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten the chance to check it out yet. I'm going to uh, because I've got a lot of again friends like Zach Gibson that were on the show. I heard the tag match was was amazing. Yeah. Can't wait to watch that. Um, and then you know I just recently worked with Walter for the first time uh, about six seven months ago. So I've heard a lot of good things about him and Tyler Bate. And I want to yeah. watch that as well. Um, so uh, I, I will watch it. It's just a matter of like we said. There's so much wrestling out there. It's a matter of getting around to it. Yeah. Now, with the UK scene, what, you know, you hear a lot of progress or progress, however way you want to say it. Uh, is that promotion over there in the UK, is that one of those promotions where everybody needs to get in on that promotion, on the whether it be a fan or a worker or whatever, get on that, on that ground floor now before they really start blowing up even more than they already have? Uh, yeah, I definitely think they've already blown up. I don't think there's any getting in on the ground level right now. Uh, it's just a matter of where they go from here uh, with their connection to WWE. You know, will we see more progress on the WWE network? Will it be a standalone thing? You know, I like not that I'm a genius or have any kind of inside information or anything, but I'll I'll say this: I, I foresee a lot of the content being filled on the WWE network in the next couple of years coming from some of these higher profile independents like progress mm-hmm. and some of these places from around the world that have a lot of buzz to them, maybe like an evolve or something like that. Um, I'll, I think we'll slowly start to see more independent, uh, promotions find their way on the network. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan and you haven't seen progress yet, I mean, gee whiz, you know, go back to even the first show, the first show, I mean, change the game. Uh, over there in England, uh, there's just so much, you know, even with the guys that haven't been signed, like I was saying to NXT UK, there's so much untapped potential still over there. Um, that, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing to watch. So, uh, definitely, I would definitely recommend any kind of progress show to anybody that's a wrestling fan yeah. or a wrestler. Right. No, uh, now if it's all right with you, I'm going to go over to my other set of listeners questions. Um, yep, yep. They're coming to us from Jason Scott, who is over at on Twitter at Jace J Scott Talks. So big thanks for him uh, submitting some questions. 
Um, he wanted to know that he, he's a worker himself too, but he wanted to know, you know, when you start adding, you know, the bulk, the size like you have, are you, is your aerial game lagging a little bit or are you kind of trying to transition from, you know, a cruiser, legit cruiserweight to a legit bruiserweight? <laughs> so, um, first of all the high flying game waved by by long before i put on size <laughs> uh, um yeah you realize quickly once you because uh, when i first started i wanted to be like an x division type yeah. go 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 cruiserweight wrestler uh and a couple of years of doing that you slowly start to realize oh, i'm not gonna be able to do that forever mm-hmm. so um it's more so wrestling smarter than anything but uh, no, really, honestly, the the one thing that I wanted to change was because I am shorter in height, was just the perception of me as a as a wrestler in terms of uh, I wanted to add some legitimacy or some credibility to myself by making myself a little bit bigger. Uh, so just here in the past probably eight to nine months, I've bulked up from about one eighty five to about two ten. Mm. So um, and. Uh, I have noticed, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed, you know, obviously like a change in uh, sometimes the way I feel, the way my joints feel sometimes and, and all that. But I don't really think it slowed me down at all in the ring whatsoever. I don't think my style has changed any uh, over the last three, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it just came from, you know, uh, I, I had the pleasure to do the New Japan american tour earlier this year and i thought you know uh back to listening to again jericho talk about how when he started going back to new japan he wanted to put on some size just to because it's seen as a thing of respect over there like the japanese fans respect guys that uh are are, uh, sometimes a bit bulky or bigger whatever you want to call it so uh really it was just a way to change the perception of me and if there was one thing that I think was always marked as like a strike against me from any company that has a television program, it was my size, uh, my height and, you know, my physique size. So, um, let's take that strike away from them and let's do something to fix it. You know, you can always change your diet. You can change your workout habits, your workout routines. There's, I, I'm not gonna be able to change my height, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna be able to make myself magically taller. I <laughs> wish I could, but I can't. But I can do other things to uh, change my appearance and, you know, the way I feel. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Uh, now his second, he's got three questions. His second one is, um, will the top knot ever make a comeback? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. As, as I start to get older, you know, the, the hair might fade away. No, I'm actually in a good position with my hair right now. Not, <laughs> I haven't lost any hair or anything like that. But uh, I believe he's referencing a top knot that I sported early, early, early in my career, uh, almost like a Gene Simmons type uh, top knot. And I was going more so for like a little bit of the comedic relief factor. I was doing things that I thought would pop the boys and – because uh, I knew it would pop me, and if it popped me and it popped the boys, it had to pop the fans. So um, it was just uh, a different stage of my life. I was a lot younger and uh, was trying to have a laugh out there. So you never say never. The top might top knot might always rear its ugly head and yeah. come back. But at the time being, uh, I think I'm very very comfortable with uh, the look that I'm presenting at the moment. It all works. I'm 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 actually follic- I, I'll call it follically challenged myself. So I've been like that since high school. So I'm working I'm working on the yeah, George Costanza. So <laughs> so his third and final question is: If you were forced to wrestle one guy every night for a month straight, who would it be, uh, and why? He's got three guys here. The aforementioned Corey Hollis, Austin Theory, or the Man Scout Jack, Jake Manning. Uh, oh man, all um, all of three of my favorite opponents ever. I yeah. could wrestle any of those guys every night of the week, and it would be fun. Um, 
you know, I didn't even mention Austin Theory earlier. Now I feel like a horrible human being. But <laughs> me and Austin Theory have had some great matches this year. And I don't like to toot my own horn and say, oh, yeah, go check it out. It was great. I'm awesome. But um, he's somebody that even from the first time I locked horns with him and worked with him, we had natural chemistry. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, I encourage people to go check out and find those matches on YouTube. Um Oh man, that's tough. What a tough question. What a good question, but a tough one. But, yeah. um, man, I, I, it would change. The answer would change given the day of the week, but tonight I'll just say Austin Theory. There you go. Yeah, you can't go wrong with it. I saw him down in, um, crap, I don't want to think, I want to say it was Georgia. Uh, I forgot what promotion. It might have been, um, I want to say it might have been Southern Fried. Gotcha. And, and it, I think it was through their Facebook or whatever. And yeah. I'm just like, you, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Know? But the one of, one of the things that I love about working with him is that he's young and he's got ideas. He comes to me with ideas and that makes my job a whole lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's one of those things when you, when you get, when you get a kid, I call him kid cause everybody's younger than me, but, um, you see a lot of these guys, these kids that are coming up in the business, it's like, okay, they're very, very, very green a lot of the times. And that you see somewhat. And it's like, how do you, you know, how, how can you work with that kind of thing? But yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you get the better workers tend to work with that a little bit. And mm-hmm. they have outstanding matches. But yeah. um, Well, we also by far have the most respectful generation I think that's ever come through at the moment in terms yeah. of professional wrestling. But a lot of guys don't want to step on toes. So when you ask them, hey, what do you like to do? I don't know. I'll, I can do whatever you want to do. It's like, I, okay, I appreciate that answer, but what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I'll, I, I can do anything you want. What do you want to do? I'm like, Just tell me something you want to do. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Austin always has a lot of great ideas. He's a great, great wrestler, and I'm glad that he's already, you know, he's only 22 years old and he's already at WWE. So uh, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the show, I like to – you know, play the uh, would you rather game a little bit, and okay. kind of make make go out on a high note, kind of laugh a little bit. Um, so I got uh, three questions. Okay. So would you rather take a super kick from Shawn Michaels, or take a uh, Alistair Black finish, Black Mass? Oh. Super kick from Shawn Michaels, ten, 10 times out of 10. I will take a super kick of the Sweet Chin Music is what it should be called. Uh, universally should be known as the Sweet Chin Music. I would take the Sweet Chin Music with a smile on my face the entire time on my way down. As your, as your teeth become chiclets. Um, <laughs> if, I could fix that, though. There you go. You could always fix it. You know, it's, it's just like, it's like here. You can always replace it. And here, but, uh, ultimate... If you had to pick one submission, or, or excuse me, one submission, I'll, I'll kind of pretext this, but a submission hold to use not, uh, going forward. Sharpshooter or the Boston Crab? Oh, man, it's hard to say because obviously the sharpshooter, great submission hold. Again, one of my idols, Brett the Hitman Hart, made the move famous. Not saying he invented it, but he made it famous. Uh, but the Boston Crab, I've said, is like the ultimate like brother submission hold because when you roll somebody over in the Boston Crab, you look so muscular the way you're holding and wrenching back on their legs and their back. It's like the ultimate pro wrestler hold. Like every, you can't look bad with it, like putting on a Boston Crab. Like you're, it just accentuates everything about your physique. So. Uh, for the sake of this and knowing that I probably wouldn't be able to apply the sharpshooter as great as Bret Hart or, or even as good as I would say Boston crap. All right. And lastly, would you rather be in a ladder match with one of the young bucks or a hardcore match with John Moxley? Oh man! Ugh. Either way, I'm not coming out unscathed. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say the hardcore match with Moxley because hopefully I could do more to him than he would do to me, and maybe he would voluntarily do some of the crazy shit that I wouldn't do. <laughs> uh, with ladder matches, I've been in a handful of them in my career, and I wouldn't say any of them have been 
spectacular or even passably good Mm -hmm. just because they're a hard match to pull off so i would say probably the hardcore match with moxley all right there you go all right so lastly you know appreciate you know we finally you know making time for me coming on appreciate you coming on um lastly just you know plug anything you got social media shows you got coming up ways that uh guys that uh can get a hold of you to book you or you know just follow you in general yeah anybody that wants to get a hold of me for booking can contact me on social media i prefer private messages though not just throwing it out there in public uh but you can follow me on social media at the john schuyler it's s-k-y-l-e-r on twitter it's the same thing on instagram uh, I've got a Southern Savior John Schuyler fan page. You can contact me on there. I've also got an email address that's attached to my Twitter where you can contact me for any kind of booking inquiries. Uh, right now I'm doing a lot of uh, work with Big Time Wrestling uh, as well as PWX. That's kind of my home base promotion. We've got a big show coming up September 22nd. Joey Ryan will be there. Uh, and then also PWX is partnering with Evolve coming up on October the 12th for a huge double shot show. That'll be a lot of fun for the fans in Concord, North uh, Concord, North Carolina, uh, at Cabarrus Arena. So tickets for both of those shows, I believe, are already on sale and available. Uh, aside from that, I'm doing a lot with Sammy Callahan's Pro Wrestling Revolver. You can catch me a lot in the Midwest. Uh, currently, one half of the MCW Tag Team Champions in Maryland, so I'll be going back up there very, very soon to defend those titles. I'm all over the place, so uh, I encourage fans to keep track of me on social media. Very good, very good. Guys, if you haven't jumped on the John Schuyler train, you might want to jump on now and, uh, you know, definitely follow this guy. John, appreciate taking the time coming on the Ringside Rant today. And uh, all the but best of luck in the future, and hopefully we'll see you very, very soon on uh, under the big lights over there at NXT and WWE. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for such a flexible schedule. No problem. Well, there you have it, Ranters. Another episode is in the books. I appreciate John Schuyler for coming on so much. Go out and give him a follow across all social media. Make sure that you let him know that I sent you as well. Go over and give him uh, give him a follow. Get some merch from him as well. However, head over. Give us a follow right here for the Ringside Rant over on Twitter at underscore Ringside Rant. On Facebook at facebook.com slash ringside rant. We are also partnered up with our great friends over at What For Apparel. So head over there, get some great merch over there as well at whatforapparel.com slash ringside. Some great I don't need a belt to be over shirt. And as always, bald is beautiful. So everybody that has listened thus far, Appreciate everybody that has uh, tuned in, subscribed over across all your all your podcasting platforms. Head over there right now. If you're not subscribed, please go over there, subscribe, give us a five star review as well. Uh, you know, and make sure that you're telling your friends, tell your family, tell your uncles, tell your aunts, tell your coworkers, tell everybody to come join Ranters Nation. <laughs>